Magic Round 2021 will be a weekend we all remember as the moment the NRL drew a line in the sand. The game introduced a new set of standards that's divided opinion. It was a case of sin bins, send-offs and suspensions at Suncorp Stadium. So will the NRL stick solid with their hardline stance? Informed Eels hooker Reid Marnie joins us to chat about the game's newest father-son combo and Parramatta's Round 11 showdown against arch-rivals Manly. And they've made the perfect start to the year, but will the Panthers play out the perfect season? Yeah, there's plenty to talk about on Inside the NRL this afternoon after very, uh, a very memorable magic round uh, for good and bad reasons, I guess, at Suncorp Stadium. I'm Zach Bailey, joined by Michael Chamis from the Sydney Morning Herald and Jamie Soward, back, back. from uh, your home studio last week. Yeah, it's good to be back, boys. It is. How's the daycare going down? Yeah, good. Uh, Ivy started daycare today, so we're back where we need to be. I'm back beside you boys. All right, it was a great weekend up at Suncorp Stadium, but I want to know what left egg on Michael and Jamie's faces. Yeah, the egg on my face this week, boys, Newcastle Knights. I thought that that win in Wagga over the Canberra Raiders would have re-energised, revitalised, got them into a position where they would be able to uh, you know, make a run at the eight after they got Mitchell Pearce back, but Carl, no Carl and Ponga. Yeah, it's, it just wasn't good enough on the weekend. I, I can't catch the Knights at the moment. I just thought they were on the fringe of the eight at the start of the year, didn't have them, and then started to change my mind. But, yeah, they left egg on my face. What about you, Michael? Yeah, for me, it was Michael Maguire. I thought the decision to move Adam Dewey was, was a big, big move. Like, I thought if it backfired, he would, have been, he would have been the one left with egg on his face because Dewey, everyone probably would agree, has been their best player to start the year. Now, I understand the thinking behind it. The thinking was, we'll get Moses Embi into the six and deliver early ball out wide. That was the plan. But if it didn't work and he moved his best player, given the pressure on Michael Maguire, I, th I thought that was a very gutsy move and he proved me wrong. The miracle man, Michael Maguire. He's working well. Let's see what happens this weekend. All right, the NRL's decision to enforce a crackdown at Magic Round has divided the rugby league fraternity. Has the game gone too far or have they got it spot on? Let's find out. Yeah, it definitely hit him high, but he was falling into the tackle. There are going to be a, uh, a whole, whole heap of send-offs this year, if that's a send-off. Oh, no, there's a problem here, a very big problem for Josh Papali'i. The contact's direct to the head. It's forceful. He's off. I just hope they don't change now, if that's going to be the precedent. As long as they're consistent. It's pretty hard not to touch anyone's head or neck when you're tackling someone with or without the ball. It's going to happen. It's impossible not to. I'm slightly different to everybody throwing their arms up. We need to tackle lower. We can't just loosely have head highs and say, oh, that's, we've got it wrong. I didn't mean it. Well, of course they don't mean it. Absolutely. And I've been fighting for that for years. I don't believe we should make any contact with the head at all. You know, I can understand what the NRL are trying to do. And I suppose, you know, at the end of the day, we just got to all jump on board with it. The directives come from the commission. They're trying to run a game, trying to catch the game. The players are trying to play the game. So it's, I guess you've got to try and find that happen with you, I guess. Got high contact, direct, forceful, and it's after the pass. You're off. Oh, well, that's just what's happening. We got wrong-footed today. It's in there, you know. Uh, a week ago, it wasn't. Look, at the end of the day, don't don't tackle high, you're not going to the bin. But... They put the rule in there to protect the players, so 
can't fault it. The thing I've loved about our game over however long I've played is the physicality and we're just we're just going away from that a little bit. Uh, we've heard some people saying it's not the game I remember and all that. Just calm down. It's it's we'll get there. Yeah, we we're all aware of that, so everyone was notified. The referees don't kick the scoreboard over. Okay, I'm interested in the game and how we play it. We need to get better at not hitting other players in the head. Well, when are we going to get the message in our game? We're going to drive more parents away from not letting their kids play because in, in our game it's just it's okay to knock somebody out with a head high. Well, it's a poor excuse. Okay, we've got to, we've got to come to the reality of the situation. Peter's at that point and he's 100% right. Direct, forceful, you charge off the line, you're offside as well. You're off. Straight off. Yeah, so there were 14 sin bins, three send-offs at Suncorp Stadium across the weekend. 24 charges, uh, 10 suspensions, potentially 25 match matches if all of the players facing suspension take the early plea and more than $20,000 worth of fines. Michael, it was a dramatic weekend at Suncorp Stadium. You're there. The question is why now? Why would the NRL introduce this crackdown when there's more eyeballs on the game than ever at Magic Ground? Well, to be fair to the NRL, they tried to introduce it a week earlier. The edict was sent out to all the clubs to say that we're going to crack down on any contact with the head or neck. That was a fortnight ago before round nine. And unfortunately, the referees, for whatever reason, didn't crack down on it that week. And we saw what happened with James Tedesco and Nia Coro. That went unpunished. Um, so I, I think the suggestion that this was a knee-jerk reaction and was put in 12 hours or six hours before the game is incorrect. It was put in a week ago. It was only implemented in Magic Round. And look, I sat there on Friday night and thought, well, where, where are we heading with this? And I was concerned. But by Sunday, you, you sort of start to realise that the reason this has been put into place. And I, I get the players going to get the message over time. What concerns me is guys like Tyrell Fumalono and, and Herman SASA. They had the whole weekend to get their head around the fact that anything high was going to be sent off or sinned and they still produce what they did. But over time, the players will learn, I no, think. Yeah, to be fair to those two guys, you know, that one there on Pappenhausen, not excusing Tyrell's actions, but you can be wrong-footed. And, and I think over the weekend, we saw the ones that are clear-cut and we saw the ones that are accidental. That's, that's my thing. And why, why now? As a player, you have three months, four months to get your off-season right as a coach, to coach those techniques. You know, we heard all the coaches there speak about that they're on board with it. I'm on board with it as well. Whether it's the severity of, do we want eight send-offs a week? No. Do we want the players to tackle lower? Yes. But not all of them are deliberate, forceful contact. You, you can be going in to save a try. You can't. So that's, I hope we find a nice medium there and it's not 11 on 11, 9 on 9. So I get the, uh, there's an argument from coaches that where they need time to adjust tackle techniques. But at what point did tackle technique become attacking so high on the, on the person's body. At what point in the last 10 years did it become acceptable to start hitting guys in the head and, and training for that? Well, it's never. It's not about hitting them in the head, but gone are the days when Steve Menzies would slide around someone's ankles and it'd be applauded as a good tackle because it's all about the wrestle and you've got well, to be around the ball. Well, you've got to wrap the ball. I mean, that's the, the, ga the game's the so fast, though. The game's so fast. If you go around the legs, quick play the ball, only have one marker, you never rescue the whole set. You can't get any momentum back. So you're taught, you practice two and three. You, if you go to a game, you'll see them in the warm-up. Every club goes, right, oh, we're going to practice one into three. One into three. And, you know, I think of plays like this, for me, I, I think it's a penalty. I don't think it's ten in the bin. Because he's coming across to try and save it. Cannonballs and all that kind of stuff is totally different. But you've got to be able to have a medium there. 
you know, along the way, and they will get that. I'm, I'm totally on board with the, the edict sent out, but that play there, for me, that is not a rugby league play. That is a swinging arm versus the Tedesco one where he goes into Lachlan Burr. Lachlan has, he just doesn't even change his body height. So there's going to be to and fro, but I'm, I'm happy that they've yeah, made a stand. So, so when you find, say, middle ground, there's got to be medium. Is that in terms of the punishment on field or is it? Yes. Thanks for bringing that up, Zach. Uh, five minutes in the bin. I think yeah, they need to bring the five in the bin back. You've got the bunker there for the severity, for the severe ones, whether he's rushed out of the line, Herman SSA, Tyrell Fulmayano. They can go back. They've looked at the angles. They can see whether it was direct and forceful. But the Lachlan Burr one, he's literally standing there. Tedesco's falling and stepping around. And we don't want to see Tedesco on the ground. He's one of the world's best players. But what is Lachlan Burr supposed to do? He's coming into contact thinking, I'm up around the ball. And Tedesco half falls there. He hasn't looked lowered, you know, zeroed in, used his head, anything. He's just gone in to make a tackle and Tedesco's fallen. So you compare that to the Neocore one the other week, he's turned his shoulder and, and got him straight in the head. So I think there needs to be a five-minute sin bin. All right, so Sowie wants the five-minute sin bin back. Is the game considering it? Let's hear from Graham Annesley. You know, it's not going to change immediately. Uh, that's a, a, a much more in-depth consideration that the Commission would have to give uh, in the off-season. Uh, so, um, you know, it's, it's not a short-term uh, solution. The, the, the short-term solution, to be frank, is in the hands of the players. Um, because we don't have to worry about five-minute sin bins or ten-minute sin bins if they're not being sent there in the first place. That's the best That's the best solution is don't do it. Adjust your target zone. I think the five minutes, ten minutes right now in the game, the game is so fast, you can concede three tries in ten minutes quite comfortably. Five minutes, there's a reward for the team that's attacking and you'd be able to hold on as a team right now because it's not like when I was playing where you can slow the ruck down. You literally cannot slow the ruck down. But I think that. that's the point, Sio. I think that's what the NRL want. The NRL want to actually go through periods in games where the, you've, you've cost your, t your team the game if you actually make a head-high tackle. That's how serious they do want to Do we make want it. games that are 38, 36? No, we don't. I, I, what they want to do is they want to change the behaviour. Yeah, the greater the deterrent, the change in the behaviour. I, I, I like the five-minute simbin, but I think the five-minute simbin should be used for what we saw at the start of the round, for those infringements, the repeat infringements around the ruck. Because if you're comparing 10 minutes in the bin for a head-eye tackle, well, if you give repeat infringements for, you know, the six-again rule that they're trying to stop from happening over and over again, perhaps that's the use of the five-minute yeah. simbin. I just think they need it back. 10 minutes for... A clear-cut 10 minutes. You need to have an option there for, for the severity of what that actual penalty is. Yeah, Michael, you said on Friday night that you didn't know how you sat with it. You thought they may have gone too far. That's where we saw some players' reaction. How do you think they feel about it now? Yeah, look, I, I, we saw some, some of the young players come out. I think Harry Grant, Caelan Ponga. They, they said some things in regards to the rules. Now, the rules on Friday night, like we, we got caught up. I think there were eight sim in that Friday yeah. night, those two games. So I think only two of them were for head for collisions with the head. We've got to remember that a lot of those are in the last second of the game for repeat infringement. So the young players, I get it, they're getting frustrated. But I spoke to Peter Volandis over the weekend in regards to this, and he's spoken to quite a few media outlets over the course of the last 48 hours. He said that he'd spoken to one of the senior players in the game. And he said to him, mate, you need to protect us from ourselves. He said, you need to make sure that our kids have the best version of us going forward and not some half version because of all the head knocks we got. And I think that resonated with Peter Volandis that a lot of these senior guys who have been through it and start to feel the effects of it have a, probably a different view than some of the younger guys. Got to agree with that, Sally. Yeah, it's, it's I agree with it. It's not just the current No, player, I agree with it. Yeah, well, I'm yeah. a former player who yeah. went and had all the brain tests and all that kind of stuff 
you know, about concussion and all that kind of stuff. And I agree with all of that. My probably, where I've been lost along the way is I'm starting to think forward now. I've agreed that we've We've got that in there now. We're happy with those rules. But I'm starting to look, what does the game look like in a couple of weeks or in a big game? You know, are we going to... Is the same rules going to be applied in origin? Is the same rule going to be applied if it's 10-all, five minutes to go, Penrith attacking Melbourne's line? You know, that's... Because we see that Moses Leota in origin 10 times. That's exactly right. So I've probably jumped ahead a couple because I've just accepted and moved on. Okay, But it is a good point because origin's been built on that gladiator battle between states and probably what frustrates fans is and I had I was the same as you Friday night I'm having people text me saying I'm not watching anymore as the weekend got on it was like just became the norm if you're going to hit someone high you're going to set off but come origin it we, do, we don't want to see it reft like it was 10 years ago where Gallon's punching Nate Miles you know we want to see it if you're going to have it for rules now you got to have it for rules then all right let's take a quick look at the players that are facing suspension or have accepted their early plea so far out of around 10 Brisbane's Jordan Rickey will spend two weeks on the sidelines for a crusher tackle the Raiders will be without Josh Papali'i, Josh Hodgson and Jack Whiten in round 11, while the Maroons will be without Papali'i for Origin 1. The Dragons were the hardest hit club out of Magic Round. Tyrell Fulimaono will miss five weeks. Josh Maguire's poor record will also see him miss five weeks. Michaeli Ravalawa has accepted his two-match ban, as has Tariq Sims. Meanwhile, the Titans could be without uh, duo Tyrone Peachy and Herman SASA, who are both facing at least two weeks on the sideline. So, this is sending a message to players, though. Not only the on-field stuff, Sally, but these are big charges. And as you said, you you train all pre-season to get yourself fit and be in that side. Yeah. And some of these guys are spending four or five weeks on the sideline. Yeah, and, you know, I think about the Josh Maguire one. I probably saw that a different way, you know, without my Dragons hat on. He's, yeah, if that, that tackle happens a million times a game, it's just... Josh Adokar is too strong and stands up and he gets charged with a hip, tack, uh, hip drop. But, yeah, it's, it's going to cost teams now and you're going to be tested. I, I wonder whether the 30-man squad's going to be enough because with injuries and how fast the game is and suspensions and stuff like that, we're taking a stance. You may have to increase, increase those squads. So let's not even start talking about expansion just yet. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe. All know. right. Despite all that, it was a very good weekend. A great week, week, weekend up at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, 130,000 fans turned out for the three-day festival of footy. I'll start with my magic moment from the weekend. All the fans, uh, they were great. But the players, they spent so long out on field. Nathan Cleary was actually asked to get off the field. He spent about an hour on there last night. And at the end, he went up to um, a disabled player, a disabled punter um, in the stands, um, took a photo. Adam Reynolds gave everything bar his jocks, essentially, to um, some fans. And Ruben Garrick also went up in the stands. So to all the players, um, thank you for being uh, great sports and getting amongst the fans. Uh, Michael, what was your magic moment? Uh, my magic moment was the Nathan Brown trial. In terms of individual brilliance, a lot of pressure on Mitchell Moses the last few weeks with his contract negotiations and the way he started the year and the pressure on the Eagles. I thought this was brilliant for Mitchell Moses. Coming to the line, a little flick pass there. I think he's starting to come into his own, Mitchell. And uh, I, I think Parramatta are on their way to a, to a grand final this year, Sally. Sally, big grin on your face. Oh, just this bloke. I can't catch him. Uh, he's like the Knights. I can't catch him. <laughs> he's on Penrith. He's on Newcastle. He's on Parramatta now. So. <laughs> My magic moment was Jacob Arthur uh, and his friends. He scores, obviously scores an important try in the context of the game, the celebration with his dad in the uh, in the coach's box. But for me, 
you know, some of his mates drove 10 hours just to be there, and I, I love that kind of stuff. I you know, saw that a couple of weeks ago, Zach Sini, but these scenes right here, this is what rugby league's all about, and you know, what an amazing day for, for Jacob. As Clint Gutherson said, this was the guy that runs out the kicking tee five, six years ago, and now he's making his debut, so well done. And the youngest Arthur, he is running the kicking tee. Yeah, Matty. It's, uh, it's the, the, family the real family affair, yeah. It's great to see. I think uh, Jake actually busted his lip Honestly, he was bleeding after that. Yeah. The embrace with, the his, embrace. with his friends. Yeah. Well, they better Maybe be careful. They need, they need to be on Wasn't report. it Hawkins cut his leg yeah, in the Dean embrace Hawkins as well? Over. Yeah. Yeah. And he was You've got to be careful. If you're weeks. going to support your debutante, just be careful after <laughs> the celebrations. All right, the Eels made it nine from 10 to start 2021 with a win against the Warriors at Suncorp Stadium yesterday. Their hooker has been in great form and he joins us now. Reid Marnie, thanks so much for joining us on Inside the NRL. As a proud Queenslander, you must have loved every minute of Magic Round at Suncorp yesterday. Yeah, hey boys. Um, yeah, it was a really good weekend. Um, just even watching the footy, um, you know, seeing all the all the fans there. It was from Friday to Sunday, just absolutely packed. And um, even to be up there for a few days, um, you know, the city was really busy. And um, going out for coffee with the boys, you know, there's people out in their jerseys and um, really getting around it. So uh, yeah, it was a really good weekend. Read the story of the week was Jake Arthur. Will he? Won't he play? Is he allowed into the bubble? Is he not? What was it like for you as, as, a, as a teammate, but also obviously having him around the last few years, to see the emotion around Jake's debut? Yeah, it was a bit of a strange week. We didn't really know what to do. We, we were thinking about um, coming up a bit earlier to try and so he can get our main session in, but he wasn't allowed in the bubble. We had to wait till Saturday, so we just decided to come up on Sunday and do captain's run up there. So, um, But yeah, he's uh, he came into the preseason last year and... Um, he was probably one of our fittest blokes until Gutho come and him and Gutho challenged each other for, you know, most of the time. So, you know, like yesterday he really did his job. He kicked well, um, he ran the ball, um, he defended well and, you know, all the little things that he worked hard in, in the game paid off with a try at the back. Reid, we, we know the reputation of, of Brad Arthur. He's obviously renowned as one of the tough guys in the NRL. We, we hardly see emotion from him. But after the game, mate, apparently there was a real emotional embrace between he and his son. Can you talk us through what that was like to see? Well, Michael, we've actually just lost Reed Money. Great question. Lost him. <laughs> we've lost I'm gonna him. have to ask it again. You've bought <laughs> him. He's, no, back. he's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. Don't ask it again. <laughs> I'll ask it again. What do I say? <laughs> you there, Reed? You with me? You, I think you might have pressed mute on that, mate, or something. Something's at me, pressed mute. Reed Money. What's going on? The joys. They, they've been really good, Parramatta, this year. They, what, sorry? They've been really good. Like, yep. I was probably, you watched their game yesterday and they've got the superstars and you're right about Mitchell Moses, but that was a game that they probably let go in years gone past where they blow a team away and then it gets a little bit too hard for them, a bounce of the ball doesn't go their way, but they hung in there and were able to get it out of the fire. And they've done that a couple of times this year. They've won different ways. Reid Marnie, uh, we'll get him back on shortly. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, obviously, uh, Adam Reynolds was big news at the back end of last week that he would be leaving his boyhood club. No, we've got, we've got Reid Marnie back. We're back. Reid, are you with us? Oh. Yeah, yeah, got me. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> All right. Michael asked a very good question and he's going to ask hey, it again right now. Please, mate. Hey, um, I was just asking about Brad, his reputation as one of the, uh, the tough coaches in the NRL. What was it like to see the emotion after the game between he and Jake. Apparently it was quite quite a special moment. Yeah, it was. Um, you know, it was a special couple of days, I think. Um, you know, when he spoke on Captain's Run about Jake and our club has a big emphasis on, um, you know, us 
had milestones and to have his own son um, play for us and it would have been a tough decision for him to make and you know him sitting at the front of our you know he talks to us every day in, in a team environment but um, yeah he was he was up there and in tears and uh, it sort of made you pretty emotional um, you know seeing that sort of thing and then I was pretty lucky me and uh, Isaiah was actually walking off the field and we walked just behind Jake and um Brad was there and he gave uh, Jakey a, a big cuddle and, and there was plenty of tears sh uh, shared. So um, this is a special moment and, you know, everyone's debut is different and, you know, he did a great job yesterday and um, it was a great day for their family. Reid, lots of talk about the crackdown. We've heard about the coaches. We've heard about some of the players on Friday night. What was the talk inside the Parramatta Reels dressing room before the game and after the game? Um, yeah, we just had to not really worry about um, worry about it. So... You know, we didn't want to lose our, you know, powerful, aggressive defence, but we just had to um, just defend how we usually defend. And uh, we got, you know, we like I think we're the only game that didn't have a sin bin, so which was good. But um, yeah, it's uh, I think it's I think there's a balance between you know a bit of common sense and then um, a bit of ca um, careless. So there's a few on the weekend that were careless, but then there was a few on the weekend that you know um, probably shouldn't have been sent off, but. You know, uh, I guess they'll balance that over the next few weeks. Reid, you're having the best year of your career so far. What's been the key to your form so far? Um, yeah, just we'll play the game and, and get over it. And, you know, you might play a good game or um, whatever and just worry about, um, you know, just being better the next week and just being simple again. And I, it starts simple and my game sort of comes from that. But if I try and start my game... Um, and the, the, the week before, how I played the week before, um, you know, that's where I can be inconsistent. But just trying to be really consistent and do my job. And, um, yeah, it's, I'm feeling good. I'm enjoying my footy at the moment. And, and we're winning, which is always good. Reid, I don't want you to give me the one game at a time cliche. I want to talk origin with you. Harry Grant didn't play on the weekend, been injured. What do you think, mate? Are you, are you, a, are you in your mind, are you a chance to play origin this year? Um, oh, I'd like to think that I'm somewhat in the conversation and, um, my name's getting thrown around, but just got to, um, you know, put myself in that picture and I hope I really have. And, um, and it's everyone's dream to um, play NRL, but to be able to play State of Origin, um, you know, oh, honestly, it'd be an absolutely dream come true. And, you know, I probably, you know, would take it with both hands and, and wouldn't let go. So, um, you know, my, I, can, I just got to do the things that I can control as that's playing good footy and um, they can control the selection. But, uh, yeah. Just going to play good next week. <laughs> Got there in the yeah, end. Well done, man. <laughs> Just good, one good week at a time. <laughs> Reid, yeah, I know what it's like to go out in straight sets in the finals and uh, Parramatta you know, won't be judged until you get to the business end of the year. What have you guys learned about yourselves that's different from last year, that you seem a different side, you seem more ruthless this year? Um, yeah, I think um, probably experience has come a long way. I think, you know, myself and Dylan um, played a lot more games together and... and and with uh, Gutho and Mitch, and I think yeah, this this year feels different. I think, and um, you know, the last couple of years we've started really well in the first semi final, and then the second one comes around, and we sort of uh, don't go as well. So, you know, when that time comes, we'll we'll have a tough conversation about it. But um, I really think that it's it's going to change. Redu feature in the game of the round Sunday Arvo footy at Bankwest Stadium against your arch rivals in Manly. The big question is how do you stop Tom Trebojevic? The Panthers did their best a couple of weeks ago, but he just tore through Brisbane on the weekend. 
Yeah, well, he's probably, um, you know, besides Nathan Cleary, he's probably the, the best player in the comp at the moment when he, since he's come back, I believe. And um, we just got to limit the things he can do. He's, he's a great player and great players are always going to create opportunities around the ruck and from the back of the field. But um, we just got to control the things that we can control and um, just try and take him out of the game a little bit. Reid, I know you love playing at Bankwest Stadium. I have to ask you before we let you go, your ground announcers. Do you have a preference, mate, Katie Brown or Zach Bailey, in regards to who fires you up the ground, <laughs> uh, Zach. But, um... <laughs> Put you on the spot. Yeah, that, that, that wasn't a very confident yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm, no. it, it, please cut out. Oh, righto, righto. Reid, thanks so much for joining us uh, on Inside the NRL. Good luck this weekend against Manly. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. And uh, all of those Seagulls and Eels fans, make sure you head out to Bankwest on Sunday afternoon. It should be an absolute cracker with both teams in good form. You can get your tickets at nrl.com slash tickets. As I was saying a little bit earlier, Adam Reynolds, he's off to the Broncos in 2022. Sowie, will the Rabbitohs regret this decision? Uh, I don't think so. I think sort of both parties get what they want in terms of, you know, the Rabbitohs get some salary cap relief, obviously, with not getting to a, tied to a long-term deal with Adam. But the Broncos needed a playmaker and they needed a premium one. So uh, I think a lot of it will depend on Benji Marshall and how they go this year. If they win a comp this year, then... Next year, they're not expected to win the competition again, but um, their window's still open, I think, if, if Benji goes around again, he's shown enough. You know, yeah, I agree. I, I, think, I think it's a win for both parties. But also, you've got to realise that if they go and win the comp this year with Adam Reynolds, that's fantastic. They, yeah, they've done what they probably have been expected to do the last couple of years, and it's a great result for the club. If they don't go and win a premiership, then you have to ask questions about Adam Reynolds. Why does it he, fall on Adam Reynolds? It, it doesn't, it doesn't mate. No, 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 no. Come on. No, no, no. That's no, but three it years listen, in a row prelim finals. He's a captain, he's a goal kicker. Question, do I think they'll regret it? If he doesn't get yeah. it done again four years in okay. a row, then I think then they can move There'll on. There'll be questions asked about the spine, right? Last year they had an excuse, no Latrell Mitchell. There'll be questions asked about the 9, 7 and 6, okay? If you go back and watch all those games, I was at the one at the SFS. They didn't attack Cooper Cronk that whole second half. I've had a chat with Siebes about it. They couldn't find a way as a team to get over to that point. Okay, now that's, you know, as, as great as Damien Cook and, and Adam Reynolds are, they will rue that opportunity because they could have beaten the Roosters and gone on to win mm. that year. So it doesn't always fall back to the halfback. This isn't Jared Hayne, you know, this isn't the, yeah, the best eight. player, Tom Jabojevic. <laughs> Which I blamed you in 2020, uh, 2009. You blamed me. Yeah. Oh. You're having a crack at all of us today. You're very <laughs> chirpy. All right, so 100% footy or something. <laughs> oh, the Rabbitohs' failure to retain Reynolds, is it a failure of their cap or a failure to plan ahead? But I don't think the, the Rabbitohs see it. I think they made a decision. They wanted to give him one year, and that's. I don't think they see it as a failure. I don't think they're sitting there thinking, we've stuffed this up, because they had every opportunity. They could have signed Adam Reynolds. Let's be fair income. They could sign him to a three-year deal, and we all know how the cap works. Yeah. They could have moved someone on. Failure of their cap. I think that they were very lucky to get Benji Marshall at the last second, but I think they maybe scared him off the whole Greg Inglis, Burgess... Scenario. I, don't, I don't think that they would have signed into a long-term deal, even if they had more money. I, I think the whole talk around salary cap is a bit of a cop-out. Okay. I think they've, whatever reason South Sydney have got, I don't think they wanted to extend Adam Reynolds. All right, money. let's move this conversation on, Sowie. Kevin Walters said that he believes Adam Reynolds is a player that can lead the Broncos back to the finals. Is he the only player that can do that? Can, can they do it with just his signing? What else do they need? No, they need pieces. They need a fullback. Um, 
they need an out-and-out fullback. I think Jermaine Osako, I know he played great the other week when it blew up on Twitter, but, uh, yeah, like a roller coaster. Um, I think he'll be a, a winger, but they need... The, the, big, the key is, if they play Katoni Staggs at 5'8", what does it look like outside that? You know, how do, if Katoni Staggs going to run the ball every time he gets it, there's no point having Herbie Farnworth and that there. I'd, I'd love, rather leave him in the centres and try and get a Sean Johnson, try and get someone... Similar to that Benji Marshall going to be able to play a little bit off the cuff, but he won't be the, the key signing. Um, you know, they're going to have to probably sign a fullback. Nico Hines. That'd be good. Is, is there any other, anyone else off contract? Uh, Matt Dufty. Matt Dufty. Wayne Bennett. Not to play, play fullback. Not to play. But in all seriousness, he joked last week, he loves it, right, saying that him and Adam are looking for an apartment together. But under Dave Donahue's watch, is there any way that he would invite or even entertain the idea of Wayne going back to Red Hill, given the scenes when he left a couple of years ago? I just don't see how that board bring Wayne Bennett back, given what happened. I don't see Wayne going back with the way things are. And also, if you're going to give Kevin Walters a chance, if deep down Kevin Walters doesn't want Wayne Bennett coming in over the top and telling him what to do. Let, let's be fair, Dinkin. Like, he's not going to want Wayne Bennett pulling the strings and telling him what to do. And if, he, and if the Broncos decide they're going to back Kevin Walters, then I don't think that's the right thing to do. What if Kevy went to the board and said, I've got the pieces I need now. We've signed well, we've got Gagai, Sewer, whatever. Wayne Bennett's going to help me get the best out of it. Do you think he'd do that? They, I, I don't think he would. How? What, I said, what if he did? Okay, if how he did, could they then, say no? Well, if, if he did that, no. then I'm sure it's going to be a conversation of what Wayne wants to, to come back. Not money, but what he wants around him with the people that he's upset with. Okay. All right, with Mitch Moses set to uh, ink a new uh, three-year deal extension, Chamus, that's right, with the Eels by the end of the week. What does that mean for the rest of the playmakers on the merry-go-round? Do, do we see a pause in it for the moment? I think there's a pause, but there's some big decisions need to be made at the Sharks. Yeah. The Cronulla Sharks have missed out on Reynolds, new coach coming in, they've got decisions to make on Sean Johnson. Uh, can Braden Trindle, do they re-sign him and, and get him to that next level? So there's, there's some big decisions. I think there'll be a pause for a little bit just to see how the landscape sort of goes down. Yeah, I think the Sharks will turn their attention to Sean Johnson now. I think I don't think they said that we're going to get Sean Johnson, we don't, uh, Adam Reynolds, and we don't want Sean Johnson. I thought it was our priorities, Adam Reynolds. Once we deal with that, we'll work out what's next. And I think Sean Johnson becomes what's next. Okay. I was in what's next at Penrith. <laughs> Jonathan Thurston, Todd Carney, and then James Howard. What's next? All right. I'd rather be a what's next than a never was, which is what Michael... Oh, uh, come okay. buddy. You're good. All right. Uh, speaking of big decisions, Brad Fittler has many a big decision to make uh, by uh, May 30 when he selects his origin team for game one. It's just 13 days away. And I know Michael and Jamie fancy themselves as blues selectors, so I've put you on the spot. No, you've had plenty of prep. What's your Blues team for game one, Zowie? Uh Yeah, my Blues team is as follows. James Tedesco will be fullback and captain. Uh, you've got Tupo, Adokar, Latrell Mitchell, Tom Dubovic. I don't think there'll be any difference there. Uh, probably where I differ or where the, the conversation would come around is Jerome Luai. I think he and Cleary will partner. Isaiah Yo is my big selection at 13. Cam Murray-Crichton in the, in the back row there. And my bench is Regan Campbell-Gillard, Dubovic, Radley and Pappenhausen. But... The combination of Isaiah Yo, Nathan Cleary and Jerome Luai in origin, if New South Wales want to win, Isaiah Yo has to be the 13. And that's not disrespect to Jake Trebojevic or anyone like that. I don't mean that at all. I just think that Nathan Cleary loves playing with Isaiah Yo. He gets the ball when he needs to. He settles it down when he needs to. And on the other side of it, you've got Jerome Luai who can be a jack-in-the-box, jump over the other side of the ruck, 
But when they need to settle down, Penrith, it's off the back of Isaiah Yo getting them into good field position. I think he'll actually help Damien Cook's game as well. Michael. He sold right. that well. No, look, I, I, don't, I didn't have Isaiah Yo on my team, but it's a very good point he raises. I don't often give him credit, <laughs> but that, that's true. I think that, you know, having listened to Jamie, it's not a... I, I had Jake Trebojevic here. I'll show you the side that I had. I had Jake Trebojevic at lock, and if you asked me four weeks ago, I probably don't have Jack, Jake Trebojevic in the team at all, but the way he's lifted since his brother's come back, I think you, you get the best out of both of them if they're in their team. The, the team that I have is pretty similar. Brian Thor on the wings instead of Daniel... On the wings instead of Daniel Tupo. Uh, wouldn't, be happy, wouldn't be unhappy either, the either way, but I think... You just reward the guy. Obviously, the concern would be the high ball and what Xavier Coates could do to Brian Thor on debut. Um, and the bench, I've gone with Pappenhausen, Radley. I'll go with Big David Clemmer. Uh, I think they missed him a little bit last year. I know he hasn't been in the best of form, but I think the two definites there are Haas and Paulo, and then you could either go Saifidi or Campbell Gillard or Clemmer. Uh, Nathan Brown, I love his aggression in origin. And my 18th man, Matt Burton, I think uh, he can cover the back line there. He could really, if he wanted to, you could put it probably in the back row if you really had to. Uh, and he's going to be there one day. Why not give him a taste of it? No Clint Gutherson as an 18th man for either of you. I thought he'd be the perfect. Yeah. From 13 to 1 or 1 to 13, he can play anywhere. Yeah, I mean, he could have been there, but Pappenhausen probably takes that away as 18th man. I, I had to have Daniel Saifidi as cover. I, I'm surprised that you got Clemmer over Saifidi, Daniel Saifidi. Like, Daniel Saifidi was the leader of the pack to start the year, and you've gone back to David Clemmer. Yeah, I just feel like Clement had the origin experience. Like, if you look at that, fall, that, that front row, I know Payne Haas has played a few now, but not... They don't need origin experience. They need to win this series. Yeah, I've just felt like last year they didn't win the series and in those big moments, the Queensland pack stood, stood over him. I think David Clemmer gives him a little bit of experience and, you know, that authority that he has over the years. Before you finish that, combinations are going to be key mm. because the game is so fast now. You compare... Uh, Junior Paulo with Regan Campbell-Gillard, Jake Trebovich when the game comes on, uh, comes open a little bit more, you can have Tom go in the middle and ball play a little bit. That's why I had Isaiah at the start. Just a quick one on Ryan Pappenhausen. He's been belted around the last few yeah. weeks. Do you have any fear if you're Freddie, given he hasn't played Origin, putting him into that arena off, you know, disrupted preparation? No. Because he's a player that, when he's in form, he's great. But oh, he, won't yeah. play, he won't play this week either. Melbourne have said they're not going to play him. So no. Well, I mean, that's Clint Gutherson comes in, 14, Cody Walker... Yeah, there's going to be guys there. Jack Whiten we both left out. Jack Whiten we both left out. I think the time, we haven't rewarded the teams that are struggling for consistency. And that's back to the old origin. You used to have to play two years of solid footy and, and prove yourself in the finals before you even got a look in. So combinations are going to be key. But, yeah, I think that Jack Whiten, maybe 14, could add a pinch. Right, I'll give you until next Monday to come up, come up with your Maroons team. Just a smoky. Pango Jr. I just think it's something. If he has the right game in origin... This is my Smokey. You can't have 20 people in your... I said he's a Smokey, not in Maroons my Maroons team next Monday. We'll talk about the loss of Josh Papali'i, who yeah. is a big out for the Maroons. In the meantime, it's now uh, time to check out this week's Casualty Ward, brought to you by Chemist Warehouse. And thankfully, it is a shorter list than in recent weeks. But Ryan Pappenhausen is unfortunately on the list again after he was hit high yesterday. Tyson Smoothie is waiting on scan results on a knee injury. His opposite number, that's uh, Pappenhausen's uh, Matt Dufty yesterday, will spend some time on the sidelines with an AC injury while his teammate Andrew McCulloch has been cleared of a facial fracture, although he had six stitches in his eyelids, so that doesn't sound too pretty. Manly's Kieran Foran is set to miss two to three 
three weeks with a broken hand, while Heimel Hunt is awaiting scan results on his hamstring injury. His Newcastle teammate, Kalen Ponga, will need to overcome a groin injury to take on the Cowboys on Thursday. It's a short turnaround. Raiders co-captain Jared Croker is out indefinitely with a knee injury, so that's a bitter blow for the Raiders. And Sean Johnson was a late scratching ahead of Magic Round and will miss another week or two while Brisbane's Brody Croft, he has had knee surgery after he was injured playing in Q Cup. All right, it's time now for Hit or Miss. And Adam O'Brien wasn't a very happy man after the Knights lost to the West Tigers in Magic Round. And uh, after the match, he gave us a bit of a history lesson when it comes to Newcastle. I don't speak about the past, but, you know, there's been uh, 10 years of probably not having a whole lot of success and there's three wooden spoons so you know it's uh it's ingrained in us a little bit and we've got we've got to try and find a way to get a, a you know a, a winning culture in there and those wooden spoon years 15 16 and 17 so the statement adam o'brien needs to live in the now not the past sowie uh, hit for me, and um, we spoke about it on the Dragons coaching staff. You know, you can't change what has gone before you. You can only live in the here and now and, and build off the back of that. And the Knights, I said last year, they, they needed an out and out 5 8. And poor old Kurt Mann, for his utility value, you know, he can play anywhere on your side and he can be a real threat coming off the bench. But they haven't got that. So when they lose Mitchell Pierce, they're playing without a half at the moment. Poor old Phoenix Crossland's still learning his craft. and I understand that not everyone can be Nathan Cleary or Sam Walker, but they just look disjointed. They always look stressed with the ball. And then they have those great performances like last week, and then they turn up what they did at Magic Round. It's just so frustrating. Michael? That's a real concern, those comments after the game from Adam O'Brien. Like, he was brought to the club because he was the guy that was meant to fix everything. He's saying the same things that the coaches before him had said. Like, I get it, there's 10 years of failure, but mate, there's, I think there's probably one or two players who've been there more than three years. Like, that's something that's not... They're, inherit they're not inheriting something they've been part of. Like, I, I just worry that Adam O'Brien is looking for excuses. And at the moment, they're probably going backwards, Newcastle. So we, they started the year strongly uh, last year and then dipped and have continued to dip ever since. So I don't know if it's a hit or miss because I can't remember the question, but they're concerning. <laughs> he needs to live in the now. He needs to live in the now, correct. It's a hit. It's a hit. <laughs> yeah, yeah we Michael, there. we got there. All right, Penrith are the first team in the NRL era to start the season with 10 straight wins. So Penrith will play out the perfect season, the perfect regular season. They won't lose a game. Uh, miss. I, I, I don't know if we can say hit, but it's, it would just seem unlikely through origin. They're going to lose some players. They're going to be stressed, you know, especially if they have four or five guys in origin. Um, we did an article a couple of weeks ago for NRL.com about when we actually think they would lose. I think me and you were on the same page. Zach, round 20, they play the Melbourne Storm, which will be potentially maybe for a minor premiership if, if things keep going the way they are. So, yeah, I've missed for me. I've got them round 17 loss. It's a miss for me against Parramatta, just on the back of an Origin series. Look, it might only be Nathan Cleary, the only New South Wales player picked. Like, I think he's the only guarantee, right? Please. No, look, it might only be. They might have six. Like Capable as well for you Queensland. You listen to the things you say. Sometimes. I am just telling you, it might only be. Okay. Is he the only? Is, is Isaiah, Isaiah guaranteed, Sowie? Hit or miss, mate. Is Isaiah guaranteed? Hit or miss. Is Isaiah guaranteed? Miss. Round seventeen. That's right. Round, Round seventeen. Parramatta. All right. Finally, for hit or miss today, Sharks uh, lock. 
Toby Rudolph suggested there should be two or three more magic rounds <laughs> in every NRL season. He said he absolutely loves it, even though uh, they went down on the weekend. Uh, he suggested uh, magic round in Brisbane, New Zealand and Perth every year. Hit or miss? Miss. The sponsors won't go for that, mate. You need to take the game to the bush. You have one magic round up there. Uh, so conversation about whether they should move it or not. Perth, Melbourne, uh, sure. But at the moment, I think it's great in Brisbane. You guys had a good weekend, didn't you? It was a great weekend, yep. It's a miss for me. I like the concept, but not every season. I think Brisbane, Auckland, and then one other. Brisbane, Auckland, and then somewhere else. Mystery place every three years. It just rotate. <laughs> a mystery place. Mystery place. So just draw it out of a hat or something. If we go Singapore, Vegas, wherever you want, Zach, I think the third year, just <coughs> put them in the hat and we'll Let's work hope it in out. a couple of years we can take a round. To Vegas? <laughs> oh, please. Let's just mate. do it. Mate, mystery, mystery yeah, magic. Mate. I like a bit of mystery magic. All oh, right, hit or miss, hit or miss to his mystery magic <laughs> round. <laughs> miss. That's it, miss. <laughs> All right, it's time for champ or chump. We're losing our way here. Yeah, losing, I've, I've forgotten my champ or chump, actually. No, uh, I'm going to start with a champ, I think, this week. I can't hear my producer, but I'm going to start with a champ. And it's uh, my little mate here to the left, Zach Bailey, uh, hooking up oh. a person with some tickets before the game. Uh, one of the, uh, Ben Ross was out there talking to a fan who couldn't get in to Magic Round and he was able to hook him up with a couple of tickets, mate. You are a man of the people. You are the face of the game. So well done, champion. Isn't that uh, illegal? To give, mate. No, well done. I'm, I'm, um, that, that must have felt good, actually, though. It did. It feels great because, and I've said this to a lot of people, I felt embarrassed that that went out publicly. I didn't know Ben Ross, who's a great man. He did it for all the right reasons, took a photo there. Um, we get... Tickets, we're very privileged. We get tickets every week and a lot of them don't go to use, yeah. right? Unless they go to your back pocket. <laughs> but Jordan from the Broncos, are hopefully um, a big Broncos fan, hopefully he's watching. He hadn't been able to go to a game since 2016. Yeah. So it's not much for us to give back. So it did feel good. I hope he enjoyed the footy. He went yesterday for the uh, Titans-Panthers game. So Yeah, he wouldn't have wanted the other Broncos. I thought you had another uh, You had another champ yeah. that you've just... Nah, brushed it. Uh, chump as well as the goal kicking in the Cowboys-Roosters game. Valentine Holmes and Sam Walker, they were dreadful the other night. I don't know what was happening out there, but um, they weren't really good. And my last chump uh, for this week, boys, is another goal kicker that we didn't see uh, at Magic Round, but we got some secret footage. Just have a look at this, Chamus, and tell me what you think about this chump. I knew this was coming. Oh, what goal. Is that? Goal. What are doing the hands on the way up? Can, just, we, can we just slow it down? What are the hands doing Look at this. He's taken it like it's a penalty at the Soccer World Cup and drilled it straight to the goalkeeper. What's doing? You're better than that. I know someone who can help you. You're better than that. What, what's his name? <laughs> Me, Daryl Halligan. Yeah, that was that, was, and that was on the big screen at some. Did you that try was... then, or were you nervous? Because you looked a little bit stiff. Well, I didn't want to nail it, really. You okay. know, I thought it might be a bit of fun, but then it just no. That was legit. That was a legit attempt. I was no good. Okay. Anyway, you're my chump this week. <laughs> chump Champ and chump. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, NRL teams is back tomorrow. Neve Owens, uh, Brett Kamali. And uh, Robbie Farah will be in to bring you all the latest round 11 team news from 3.55pm. And of course the teams drop at 4pm. And remember, the Women's National Championships kick off on Thursday at 9.30am. We'll have live coverage of all the matches on nrl.com and KO. Make sure you tune in to all of those. Tune in to 100% footy tonight. You'll see Michael Chamis on there representing uh, the Sydney Morning Herald and inside the NRL. Also a sit-down chat 
uh, you'll see with Peter Volandis and Phil Gould. So don't miss that. Uh, Michael, thank you. Jamie, thank you. Thank you for tuning in at home. I hope you enjoyed Magic Round. Enjoy your week. We'll see you next Monday.